0: line november 21st Bama hoops just won and butch jones no longer has a job welcome to houndstooth heroes the iron bowl edition as always we are proud to be sponsored by the good folks at wild bills wing sauce and druid city brewing joined as always by my very good friend and co-host ellis metz and mr metz what are you drinking gregory i'm back on the hard stuff which for me means uh
1: Means Casamigos, as you know, and I've got to say, right. I, I needed it tonight because I got another bad haircut. And I, I know, you oh. know, when I reflect on our two wonderful years burning down Mobile, I can't help but remember the many, many <laughs> terrible haircuts we we suffered through together. And and it's not
0: there was so much bonding over There bad really haircuts. was. If we <laughs> weren't
1: sitting down in the barber seat and saying. You ever seen Kirby Smart? Yeah, that. That's it, <laughs> not what it was. It just happened.
0: So you're saying you've got a bowl cut
1: now? Well, no. Here, this is worse. This is not a Kirby Smart. It looks like, what I've decided is it looks like if Bryce Harper and, uh, and, and Richard Spencer, the neo-Nazi, decided to have a child together, and then that child came Breathe. home from fifth grade one day and was like, hi, old dads, now I'm into Major League Soccer. Picture that kid's haircut, and that's what I'm working with right now.
0: You are Nashville as hell, it's bad. son.
1: It's bad. Anyway, talk to me about what you're drinking.
0: Well, I, I can't compare with that because my hair looks perfect. But I am I, – I did buy myself a handle of Bullet, and I've been working that on that for a good two or three days, and oddly enough, it's gone. Um, but especially after watching the Bama Hoops tonight – where if you were joined in uh, watching it on the SEC Network, uh, your Crimson Tide eked out a victory over University of Texas at Arlington, who are sneaky good and will make an appearance in the NCAA uh, tournament later on this year. But uh, who cares about that? Let's reflect a little bit on Mercer. Not that there's a whole lot to reflect on. Uh, the game was sort of what we expected in a 56 0 nothing blowout. But having said that, Mercer isn't awful. Like everybody's making fun of our, you know, our end of the year cupcake when really Ohio State played Illinois. Uh, somebody else who's decent played Kansas. Mercer's better than those. <clears throat> so they aren't awful. And it was a good tune up for the Iron Bowl week or tied, rolled up 530 yards of offense exactly equally distributed between the run of the pass. And one thing of note, the Falconer did not play what that means. I don't particularly know because I've had some cocktails, but have every confidence that anyone with a pulse will be suited up this week. your thoughts on the March merchant game, any hot takeaways. A couple. And I'll
1: start with, uh, I think this was the best game we've seen from our boy Dable. Uh, He got creative a little bit. There were some uh, new wrinkles in the offense. He used Josh Jacobs in super cool ways. So I love that. Uh, But I think the thing that stands out the most uh, is what you mentioned and the the players who didn't play. Uh, Minka, of course, out. Uh, Our guard, Ross Pierschbacher, was held out. The Falconer's problem seems to be related to the pulled hamstring all the way back against LSU. And Pierschbacher suffered a high ankle sprain against Mu Yu and has been replaced by one J.C. Hassenauer, who actually seems to be filling in quite nicely. I'm not overly concerned there, uh, but of course would be nice to have our original starter back. Meanwhile, the Greek cult hero himself, Papa Nasty, did not kick into a pulled muscle. Uh, J.K. Scott filled in, but given that field goals weren't exactly a thing in this game, it didn't really matter.
0: Yeah, and I've got real one quick thing to, to pipe in on. There is apparently a fan vote on Ray Guy Award, probably.com. I don't know that for a fact, but you can like search Ray Guy Award. Our boy JK is sitting in last place. So, hey, Titers, if you want JK to win the Ray Guy Award, I don't know how much influence the uh, fan vote matters, but uh, get your ass on the internet and go to voting because um, he's in last and that sort of sucks. Uh, but this is the part of the program, nevertheless, where we ask who showed out. But there really is only one answer.
1: That there is, Gregory. It's a man that they named after a man of the cloth. Right. They called him Dylan Moses, and he showed out. Uh, the true freshman turned in a huge performance for Alabama's injury depleted linebacking core. Uh, he made his first start and, you know, opened the game all over the field and then sort of. What's the word? Put put a cherry on top of the cake that was the first half uh, with a pick deep in tied territory. Overall, eleven tackles, four behind the line, with ten solo stops. Totally showed out. Tell
0: me who showed out for you. All right. Well, it's hard to pick, but honestly, I'm going to go with the quarterbacks. Both Jalen and your boy Tua uh, recorded three touchdown passes. And even though it's just Mercer, that's above and beyond what we usually get in these cupcake games. Uh usually, you know, we grind it out, we you know make sure nobody gets hurt and we do our thing. Uh what I thought was just gonna be a tune-up uh turned into a damn show that was fun to watch. Uh somebody else is fun to watch, by the way. Donkeys. I like to watch donkeys. Oh. oh, let's talk about
1: it. I'm going to give myself another, quickly, I'll I'll interrupt, just yeah, go jump ahead. straight in,
0: Yeah,
1: uh, because I'm going to give myself another, like, nudge of a donkey. I have to say, what you just said about the quarterbacks, all very true, but this was the first time all season where I looked at Tua and thought, yeah, he's not ready. He's okay. not the guy. All right. he, had, he looked outstanding, but there were a few freshman mistakes, which, you know, on... Yeah, for any freshman, that would have been just totally normal. But for me, it was shocking to witness.
0: Well, and here's the thing I'll agree with you on that. And also, Jalen left the game, and yeah, what, the middle of the second quarter with a quarterback rating of over 400. Goo. Right. So there's that. I hadn't heard that. That's fine. Yeah. So anyway, getting back the important thing at hand, it's going to be Donkey. Back to the farm animal at hand. That's right, and yet again, yeah. who's your
1: donkey? Yet again, this donkey hails from East Tennessee. Uh, if you, as it does, if you've tracked. We have been on Butch Jones' watch for quite a while now, and boy, did he last <laughs> way longer than expected. Uh, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really go there because the Butch Jones era has ended. And now groomers season is upon us.
0: Hashtag groomers. And I'm really sad. I'm, I'm sad, my friend. I'm really sad. What are you sad about? The Butch Jones era. It was it was a glorious brutal, time. It? it was a glorious time.
1: It, well, we may never see an era quite like that in your Crimson Tides history again. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, All I'm right. Missing.
0: Go ahead with your donkey.
1: But, uh, but groomer season happens in Knoxville every three to four years now. Uh, when when the rumors of one John Gruden get really ramped up, and uh, they they are at a peak, I think right now here in late November, and Saturday night, let's call it Saturday, yes, yeah, sometimes Saturday, uh, pictures started circulating of hated Vol Peyton Manning at at dinner with a mysterious figure in a leather jacket and a bad orange haircut. And I'm not talking about our commander in chief. This may, it it looked initially like the man himself. And then the tweets started coming, not only from the official at Calhoun's account. And if you've never been to Calhoun's, it's lovely. I've had more Mother's Day lunches, eaten more of their spinach maria than I can count. It's a fine, fine establishment. A little, a little. Sounds disgusting. Well, it's a little self aggrandizing there. They're pretty high on themselves and made up awards. But it's East Tennessee. That's what you expect. So there they were in this picture. The official account comes out, confirms it's John Gruden. The owner of the restaurant chain comes out, confirms it's John Gruden. And within, I think, three hours, the tweets had been deleted and apologies had been issued saying that they were there was confusion. They were misinformed on, on who was really there with Peyton and it, it just all made for one donkey
0: cluster. All right. I have questions and here they are. All right. John Gruden is not somebody you mistake for somebody else. Like how many people look like the doll from a horror show? I mean, it's just, it's just one. Only one person actually looks like Chucky. and It is John Gruden. And I don't understand how you can be like backtracking that. If you saw him there, you saw him there just own it. it either it's him or it's not him. Uh, so where, I mean, what's going on? Was it him or not? It's totally not him. Really? I, there's uh-huh. no way that's him. How do you, how do you say this dude looks, this dude looks John, like, who have you ever met in your entire life that looks like John Gruden?
1: <sighs> Fine. No one, no one to be clear except <laughs> Chucky himself. He looks a little like, right. Him. Uh, there I, I just think knowing what I know about Knoxville, you know I have insider intel there, there's no way that there wouldn't have been more pictures circulating, more stories. We would have known exactly what he ordered, what he drank. It would have been it would have been front page news in Knoxville. And I just think this one back of the head photo is is
0: causing me great skepticism. Given that all that. If it was him, would Phil Fulmer have called the Mets house or would he just like knocked on your door?
1: He probably – when he was like going out in his undies to pick
0: up the paper, we probably would have right. swapped a couple stories. Oh my god. There's an image the we're never going to get. Back. Yeah, you're welcome. OK. Thank you. All right. Um, well, that's enough about the donkey and uh, – well, there's nothing really else to talk about. Anything else to talk about?
1: I mean there – there's a football game if we want to spend a minute okay. or
0: two on that. A minute if we the must. Uh, all right. Let's talk. All right. First of all, let's address that for a second. There's been some controversy. Um, do we want to keep calling this the Iron Bowl given where it's being played?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's what it's always been. It's still relevant to the region and will always be relevant to the region. I don't understand that just because it's been moved, what, 40 miles? Uh renaming the entire rivalry.
0: There's no iron in Tuscaloosa. There's no iron in Auburn. I feel I I am against it. I, I think I don't think it needs a new name, but I'm a I, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm coming out against it being called the Iron Bowl from now on. That is my controversial position. Don't love it. Nevertheless. You've had better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. All right, let's go let's get started on the game. What's your key to the game, pal? we're it's easy
1: to say run protection and I want to discuss that we're going to get there uh, and it may very well be the right answer, but I for one am very curious to see what our passing defense can do against ordained preseason Heisman tail haver Jarrett Stidham uh, you know Minka will be back. Will Minka as we know him as the Falconer be there? It's hard to say. I've never had a ton of confidence in Anthony Averett, if we're being honest None. Oh, no, no. Yeah. As much as we love Levi, hashtag Lurleen Wallace Boulevard, um, I think it's fair to say that he's untested, like he will be. And Hootie Jones is back there. He had a pick against Mercer. Maybe he's ready to do cool things. Uh, but I just think, you know, even even Mercer's big wide receivers, they had some big boys who had success getting open. They didn't have the quarterback who could hit them. Uh, in stride like they needed but if stidham shows up and is better than that do we have the dbs to to shut him down
0: fair enough all right uh my key to the game is jalen's arm the auburn's the auburn's defense is basically impossible to run against and if we couldn't run against against mississippi state i'm not entirely convinced we can run against auburn um believe it or not i even have stats to back up my wild conjecture uh, they they held the mighty Georgia Bulldogs with Sony Michelle uh, and um, what's the other guy's name? The Georgia Bulldog running back Chubb. Chubb. Thank you. Chubbs escaped me. Uh, they held them to 46 yards total on the ground. Uh, meanwhile, Carlton Davis uh, is a very good football player, and he'll be matched up against Calvin Ridley. Outside of that, their secondary is not spectacular in any way. So. And especially when we consider Trey Matthews right now is sort of questionable for the game. So I think this presents opportunities for our boy Bob Foster, Cam Sims, Jerry Judy, anybody else that can get loose. The question is, can Jalen get them the ball? Because um, we're not going to be able to run, I don't think. Uh, he is going to have to actually make connections with wide receivers beyond Calvin Ridley. Um, he seems to have moved a little bit beyond his traditional check down of, hey, is Calvin available? If not, run the ball, but he's going to be, have to be on top of that if we're going to beat Auburn in any way.
1: Yeah, totally agree there, and and back to my point earlier, the offense showed some creativity last week that we haven't seen before, uh, so I'm optimistic that there are wrinkles yet to be exposed. Um, somewhat related to this topic, though, another key to this game is definitely going to be the pass protection. If you look at the three games that Alabama had to play against noteworthy defenses, uh, the tide converted on 5% of passing downs against Florida State, 22 against LSU, and 25 against Lu Yu. Not great, Bob. And especially with Auburn being one of the best in the country in those situations, uh, third downs and pass protection will be huge.
0: All right, fair enough. And let's check, quickly take a look at the mash unit that we discussed earlier on the defense or is it Mm. who's in and who's out because stopping carry on johnson will be a top priority as everyone auburn has played has learned metzi who's in who's out who is in and who's out
1: okay let's start with the return of the mac you might have noticed the bumper music shout out to dj greggy greg um Uh Mac Wilson, I'm saying Mac Wilson is in, he of broken foot injury has been seen, you know, jumping rope and practicing getting closer and closer. Uh, I can't remember exactly how Saban worded, what phase of the rehab he's in, but it basically said he is like a step away and our inside sources on the ground. We've heard this from, from two reputable sources, folks, uh, say that Mm -hmm. he is able to play there. They've screwed into his foot. There's a plate. It's a whole thing. Uh, which means there's no longer a risk for injury. It only comes down to his comfort and pain tolerance. And if you've seen Maserati Mac play this season, uh, that tells me that he's going to be there Saturday. So he's all in. right.
0: So, what are your thoughts on talking about Christian? Christian
1: also in. I'm calling Christian Miller in, in. strictly based on. The Twitter video. I don't know. I hope everyone saw this. I'm pretty sure it was on our official account at H2Theos. It had to be. Uh, it was an homage to the olden WWE days with one Undertaker who came out of a fiery coffin. It was. It was a whole spectacle that's worth going back to watch again before this week uh, is over. I think he's in. I think he knows a little something. And you know, they've tried to play it off like it's just a joke. And I like to make videos. He's totally in. I think with those two, I, really, that's all. I don't. I don't. We're, uh, who else do we have left? That's out.
0: Anybody else out?
1: Who's there, out? There are multiple folks out. What I'm concerned about. <laughs> you know, what I'm concerned about. Of course, Sean Dion Hamilton is out. There are others who I don't see making a return. What I'm concerned about is getting Keith Holcomb out. And I hate to. Do oh
0: my God! I hate to. He, do he that. needs to be. He needs to be out of
1: earth. I know. We've said many nice things about him in the past. We admitted that we were wrong about noted white linebackers and had made exceptions because he also played baseball. And I just think what we saw against Mississippi State was not the standard of football that we have seen <laughs> in the Saban era or anywhere
0: close to it, frankly. This is not the standard of football you see at uh, the high school level. Let's just go ahead and outline. yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fair to say. Um, love the guy. Hope he is very successful. But um, but as I, if he is only used on passing downs, that will make my day. Anyway, Gregory, sure. you got yeah. any you got any reasons to hate Auburn?
0: I have several reasons to hate Auburn, and here's what they are. Number one, the retarded bird. Number two, they stole War Eagle from Georgia. Number three, Cam Newton got paid. Number four, they some snitches. Number five, unnatural affection for horticulture. Number six, they're so damn perky. Number seven, the God thing. Number eight, the wet field. Number nine, Christy Malzahn, who can like her. Number 10, the creed. And number 11, and most importantly, that weird-ass ring ceremony. Feel free to add more at housetoothheroes.com, on the Facebook page, or at H Tooth Heroes on Twitter, because this is a family show and there's just so much I want to say. But rest assured, I we hope their rings are forever cursed and their crops don't rise. Anyway. Boy. Before we get to the picks. Yeah, I know. Before we feel before we get to the picks, I feel it's necessary to discuss Auburn's celebrity game day picker this week. I have thoughts before we get to mine. Do you have thoughts? on uh, who Auburn Celebrity Game Day picker should be.
1: You know, I've thought about this uh, for about 10 seconds when I knew you were going to ask the question. It seems like the Chick-fil-A cows would be a fine answer. Uh, right. Roy Moore, obviously, on the list, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know.
0: Tell, tell me who you're thinking, and we'll go from there. Obviously, it's Eric Ramsey. Nobody oh. more epitomizes the true Auburn man than Eric Ramsey.
1: That's sexy. I like that.
0: Will you get in? Get into that a little? Well, I don't know. If you're old enough, if you're if you're an old man like I am, uh, Eric Ramsey is a fellow who took tens of thousands of dollars from Auburn and then uh, went on to report it on 60 Minutes, and this gave rise to the whole uh, revenge situation with Gene Jelps, who then wrongly reported the university for doing something completely uh, untoward, which they obviously did not do. And uh, Gene has subsequently recanted that information, uh, did not manage to save us any sort of uh, NCAA inquiry. But nevertheless, uh, it all began with Eric Ramsey because he's some snitches and he's exactly the epitome of an Auburn man. Boy, that was
1: a fair and balanced take. And I thank you for it. That's what I'm here for. All right, you want to go to some pick? No? Let's do it, including our hates of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the oh, week. Bruh, the energy, I love it. Uh, All right, we're starting down in the Peach State where the Kirby Smart haircuts are 11 point faves in Atlanta against Tech. Who
0: you hate? I hate a dog, man. They just, turns out they're just sort of assy. Uh, you know, I mean, I thought they were good. And they looked good, but then they played Auburn, who is good, but Auburn is not a good 30 points better than them. Um, so I think the dog is on a downturn. And, you know, if you want to go – if Paul Johnson will – Paul Johnson will do what Paul Johnson does to you. You'll end up uh, feeling bad in your nether, nether regions after you play Paul Johnson. So I think 11 is too many. I think Georgia probably wins the game, but uh, 11 is too many. I am going to hate a dog. What about yourself, LaPal? I am actually going to come out of the gate hard here, disagree,
1: and call it my hate of the week. The week, the week, the week. Thank you. Uh, you, Everything you just said could very well prove true, but I'm not ready to jump off the D-wag bandwagon quite yet. I think the running backs are too good, and I don't think – here's sort of the key – I don't think a Kirby defense is going to get
0: all that confused with what Paul Johnson does. Uh, and, you know, the more I think, I mean, I'm still going to sit with my, my pick, but there aren't a lot of opportunities with Georgia Tech for a third and Kirby. Right.
1: And let's not forget that this Georgia Tech team lost to Tennessee. <laughs> they lost to Tennessee.
0: Oh, good point. Good point. All right. Let's take it down to the Sunshine State, where Florida State is a five-point favorite in the swamp against Florida, who is all, both of them are ass. Uh, who you hate? Hilarious.
1: Uh, I hate that anyone has to win this game, uh, but Lord, we right. need FSU to win it. And I think they will. I think this Florida team is beyond redemption uh, by miles and miles. I don't think there's any hope for the Gator. I like Florida state to cover big actually.
0: Yeah, I'm hating on Florida State because I desperately want Florida State to have to schedule a makeup game with University of Louisiana at Monroe in order to become bowl eligible. I don't know how that would work because they're going to be sitting on five wins. And they need six uh, to become to go to a bowl, and they for whatever reason they had that cancellation with ULM. I guess it was a hurricane. I don't really know. I don't really track Florida State, but. Nevertheless, they have that ULM game that they could schedule as a makeup to get themselves to six wins, and that will be the most humiliating thing that could ever happen to a null. And I'm here for that. So no. I don't. This is not even based on any kind of knowledge. I just want. I just want Florida to win this, to win this game for that reason. A, a vote for chaos. I respect it. Uh, moving right along
1: to the bluegrass state where the Louisville Lamar Jacksons are 10-point faves at Kentucky's Kroger Field.
0: Who are you hating, Gregory? Uh, you know, it's, you don't just go into Kroger Field and walk out a victor. That's what, I mean, I've been told. That's what they say. They're right, exactly. Here's the deal. Lamar Jackson is the best player in college football. Uh, having said that, Louisville is still with the best player in college football. trash. Um, and UK is sneaky good man and with i mean they have given everybody they've played even if they lost they knew they were in a game georgia knew they were in a game um so with that this is my hate of the week of the week, of the week i am picking the cats and i'm hating on the louisville uh redbirds what about yourself all right
1: I don't have a real strong feeling here either way, to be (laughs) honest, and it may be reflective of my interest in who wins this game. Uh, I will agree with you just because your plea felt impassioned there. Uh, So
0: I, too, am hating the bill. God, you're easily swayed. All right. In a game that I know means the world to you, your Tennessee Vols are somehow favored by one point against – your Vanderbilt hometown Commodores. Who are you hating, my friend? Just just throw the record
1: books out when these two get together. This is a clash that everybody looks forward to all season long. Uh, you just knew Brady Hoke had this one circled at the start of the season when he knew he would be serving as interim head coach here in late November. Uh, I have no idea. I think, I think Tennessee – I think Tennessee loses this one. They have the athletes to win, you know, running away, but Vandy seems to come together for this one. Ever since Derek Dooley was filmed on camera saying they kick the, you know what out of Vandy every year. I think Tennessee has done that like once in the four years since. Uh, so let's make it once in five years. Hate Naval here. Talk to me.
0: Um, And I am going to agree with you. I have no confidence in either one of these teams. They're both, Hot garbage. I, I When I when we started this podcast, in fact, three minutes ago, I was leaning Vandy. You know, I, I screw it. Tennessee's going to win. I hate it to win. I don't know why. Oh, man.
1: You're telling me. All right. Over to the iodine state where the Dabo is the, the spinning the way. beanie dabble. You got it the spinning beanie dabos are 14 points, uh, going into Columbia to take on the cock. All right. Uh,
0: I don't know. Um, my, my head says, my head says tiger. My heart says cock as it's prone to do. Uh, (laughs) Um, but, um, here's the thing. It, it, it works to our advantage as, as titers for the cock to pull this one out. Um, and then the reality of it is, and all right, I'm going to adjust my thought. All right. The head is actually leaning toward cock as well. Uh, Clemson goes into Columbia and they do not ordinarily, they, they win, but they do not blow out the cock. So I am going to lean cock in this situation, um, I don't know if they're going to win. We sure do need them to win um, because and I'll, I'll give a little background here. If you've looked at the college football playoff rankings that came out today, um, we're number one, obviously, the Miami's two, Clemson three, Oklahoma four. There is a scenario where, and a probable scenario, not anything weird, where uh, even with a loss we get in, but it demands that Clemson lose a game uh, it demands that uh, Wisconsin lose to Ohio State. There's, there's, there's a scenario where even with a loss, we're we're locked in at number four. So, but this would just just jumpstart that, and this is totally based on emotion. Uh, I'm hating on uh, the Davo. What about yourself? Okay. Well, I love everything you just said. Okay.
1: And. Want, I, I, when I looked at this, I wanted to ride the cock here because, you know, they, they were sort of dark horses at the start of the year. They had a lot of talent coming back. Uh, that talent has fallen by the wayside through injuries and bad play calling and et cetera. Uh, lost a lot of good men out there. Clemson, the fact that they still have something to play for, so much to play for, frankly. I think Dabo has them focused. I think Clemson blows out the cock here. Uh, in fact, even even in Colombia, there may be a brawl. Stay hmm. tune in for the brawl, but not for a close game. Uh, well,
0: you know, Dabo has uh, uh, let it be known that Clemson and South Carolina is really the same thing as Alabama Auburn.
1: That's true. And also, fun fact: I don't know if you know this. Dabo encourages fighting in his uh, locker rooms.
0: In addition to the slip, the slip and slide. Yes, it's somewhere between the slip-and-slide and the, uh, the little the Well, Mary that's Go what Round. I want to do. I want to get off a of merry-go-round and beat a boy's ass. All right, next up, uh, and a little development, by the way, today, in this, this final game we're going to pick for the one that matters. LSU is a 10-point favorite against uh, Texas A&M, who has somehow announced that, and I'm not sure why you would ever do this, that they're going to fire Kevin Sumlin at the end of this game. Uh, so with that in mind and a having something to play for, if in fact, they want to play for that coach, I don't really know what their mindset is. Who are you hating in this matchup?
1: I, well, I just would like to start and say I'm hating the Tamu administration. And I would like to say that's not how any of right, this works. Right. Um, really bizarre, but yeah, they've, so they've come out and said that he will be fired. I mean, they, I guess it leaked, but regardless, um, So they're obviously not expecting to win. But I think, like you said, I think the players might sort of rally around this. By all accounts, Kevin Sumlin has always been a player's coach. And LSU, so streaky, didn't look great in Knoxville. They got it together eventually. Uh, I could see this going either way. That said, this will be the one-year anniversary of when one Darius Guiche really burst onto the scene. (laughs) You know, you learned how to say his name that day. And, uh, and I think he probably repeats that performance. I think he has a field day against a Tamu defense that is run ragged. So the players probably try hard for the first half, then are very sad for the second half. I think LSU covers Sumlin heads home, uh, on his two feet, I
0: guess. Hayton. Uh, all right. Aggie. I have a question for you. Um, uh... Before we get um, before I get to my pick, everybody keeps saying, "Well, A and M is underperforming. They should not be performing at this level. They shouldn't be fourth in the SEC West. Whatnot, whatnot. They should be better than that." And granted, they do have a lot of Texas talent at their at their disposal. My question is this: though, right? All right, they've won. If you look at their record against Texas. They've won like 10 and lost like 75. I don't even know the numbers, but it's ridiculous. It's not even a close matchup. I don't know why they pretend like Texas is their rival, because they hardly ever beat Texas. So with that in mind, why are we sitting around saying that Texas A&M should be performing better when they never do? Or have? That is it.
1: That is a phenomenal question, and on ESPN, right before we got going on this, uh, or I guess it was SEC Network because it was right after the Tide basketball game, the Tide win, um, Ray, buckle up, uh, Aaron Rodgers, idiot brother, was on TV saying that uh, calling Texas A&M a top 10 job doesn't do it justice. He said, I think it may be more than a top 10 job. I guess implying it's a top five job, which is ludicrous. It's (laughs) totally ludicrous. Uh, If only for the fact that it's based in College Station. Uh, Someone has a better record than, say, Dan Mullen, who is like the hot name here all of a sudden. So the expectations are very high. That part I get. That, I think, is directly tied to the money. It's tied to the amount of high school talent that's right there in the area. Um, but it, it's, it's, I, I don't have a good answer for you. Right. I think well, my point is like after a hundred
0: years, after a hundred years of having all the money and all the talent available to you and you can't beat Texas hardly ever, why the hell do you have expectations that you're going to be competitive in the SEC? And with that, I am nevertheless going to hate on LSU because I do think that, it is probably someone's last game, and if the problem is someone doesn't even know it's his last game, uh, there was an interview with him where you're like, "Is this your last game?" Well, I don't think so. Well, everybody else says it is. Well, I don't care. I don't think it is. Uh, but if someone acknowledges that it's his last game, and his players want to play for him, then in that case, my money is absolutely on Am and I will hate LSU but if he's gonna go in this thing with a bag over his head acting like yeah I'm in back next year uh, then the players are not going to respond to that and so I'm gonna well, I'm gonna waffle uh, it depends on what someone does and mm. what someone's approach to this game is because if it, he says this is my last game uh, they're gonna ball out and LSU is not going to cover the 10 if someone's like I said if, if someone's going to keep his head in the sand, then who knows, you could actually run them out of the building. That was a psychology lesson there, Professor. Uh-huh.
1: Good stuff. Um, all right. Shall we? It's Iron Bowl time, y'all. Shit, shit, shit. Hey, hey, cut it out. Uh, depending on where you look, the Tide is either a four-and-a-half-point fave all the way up to a seven-point fave Uh, Safe to say that Jordan Hare will be rocking Saturday afternoon come round 2.30 God's time. Gregory, start us off.
0: Tell me who you hate. Uh. 44-38 tied. Um, Here's the deal. I think it's going to be a score fest. I think we have actually – we've had enough time to get ready for this game. We haven't had enough time. We have had enough time to prepare our receivers to make the throws that need to be made. Um, If we don't make those throws, Brian Dable needs to be gone Uh, because this is not a game we're going to win on the ground. Um, I think that Carrion Johnson is going to get his carries, and they always do, and that's going to soften up our defense. And at some point, uh, Jared Stidham with a tail is going to make his throws. They're going to score some points on us. Um, but at the same time, I think we, we do underestimate our, the capabilities of our offense. Their defense is – Auburn's defense is spectacular against the run. They're trash against the pass. If we stay away from Calvin Ridley and go with secondary receivers, if Jalen can check down from Calvin and go to our boy Bob, uh, to Jerry Judy, uh, to Cam Sims – the opportunities will be there to make those throws, particularly across the middle, uh, the little post toss. I think there's a lot of opportunity there for us to uh, exploit their secondary. Now, it it depends on the play calling. If Dable understands that and makes that a part of his offensive scheme, we're going to score some points on these kids and it's going to be, like I said, a score fest. And I think we come, up, come out on top, but not by much. Uh, so I will hate... I'm going to hate on us because I don't think we'd cover if if you take the seven. I think we'd cover the four and a half. So it depends on where you get it. Uh, with that said, what about yourself, my friend? Oh,
1: Gregory, I would love to disagree with you or to agree with you. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not. I think this is the first game since probably the SEC championship game of 2008 where I felt like, we don't match up well, which is an amazing streak. I mean, how many we've played, I don't know how many games, 70 games at that time, and I just really don't love uh, the matchups that we're looking at. One thing I want to throw out before I get too deep into the game, and I'm not going to get too deep in the game, but this game will have huge repercussions, which always, you know, we've, we've seen that the past few years, and it's cool, but I especially think if Alabama loses, I'm calling it now, Eighteen playoff next year, without question. Hmm. So um, that, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I hope it doesn't come to that, though. Uh, I want, I want our offense to succeed, but I think the the um, the proof is there that if you just stack the box, you can you can kind of control us as you would like. I think their running game wears us down, like you said, makes us soft. And Gregory, oh, it pains me. I'm going to go Barners 34, Tide 24.
0: Oh, Ugh. dear. That's horrible, my I hate friend. I it. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Okay. Well, you often are. So there's that. Exactly. Um. Okay. Well, with that said, uh, you have been listening to this horribly depressing issue of Hound's Tooth Heroes, brought to you, brought to you by Wild Bells Wing Sauce. And Druid City Brewing Company, <clears throat> excuse me, fresh off two championships at the Alabama Beer Competition. So stop by and check out the brews and the wings this weekend and wipe your depression away with food and beer. Remember, you can always find us on the website at H Tooth Heroes, Houndstooth Heroes, or on Twitter at H Tooth Heroes, or on Facebook with all the moms. Take us home, Metsy. Hey, y'all be good. And vote for Doug Jones. Roll Tide.